Brandt. Had a bit of space for himself. Brandt, and what a chance! It's finished by Mukoko! Of Dortmund masterwork. It is a piece of masterwork! Adeyemi into the area, rounds the goalkeeper, and it! A one-man counter-attack! Coming straight back with Marlon! Is over. Can they do it on a cold, dreary night in Newcastle? Hell yes, they freaking can. Uh, welcome back to the BBB Podcast. My name's Jake, joined as always by Carver. How's it going, man? How are you doing? Great. Yourself? Pretty pretty good. And even better because we got a special guest. You, you've heard him many times on the show before. Super happy to have him back. Brian, how's it going, man? How are you doing? It's going good. Happy to be back as always. And Brian, just a quick reminder, because I feel like you you just keep adding uh, the things that you do. Of course, you're a writer, you're a photographer, uh, and now you're doing some podcasting too. Do you want to talk about that a little bit and everything else going on? Yeah, for sure. Um, so me and um, a fair few of the contributors at BVB Buzz decided to start our own uh, independent podcast. It's actually called Dortmund Dispatch. And yeah episodes come out every wednesday so basically we just like kind of rotate who, who's on which writers we have on and stuff like that it's been pretty fun so far brian are you a three-peat on our show now i forget or is this your fourth time three or four yeah i can't remember either i can't yeah. remember either well happy to be here again Th- three or four times it's, yeah. it's it's been a good run we gotta we just gotta keep it going keep it going forever I'm down. And just a quick shout for Dortmund Dispatch too. I know Carver and I have been a little helter skelter lately. So uh, if anytime we go on a little break again, uh, make sure you, you check them out and just check them out regardless. You can always use more Dortmund content in your life. We'll uh, we'll be sure to link that um, in every all Brian's socials too in the description of this episode. Uh, but let's get into it. Uh, we got a lot to cover. Of course, the Newcastle win in the Champions League. We got that win over Werder Bremen too. Uh, we'll preview Frankfurt and talk about some other things. But first, let's start with Werder Bremen winning 1-0 at home thanks to a Julian Brandt goal. I guess, Brian, since it's been a, a bit since we have talked to you, we were on a spree of I, I ranting and venting a lot. And then coming back after the international break, I'm, I'm trying to like re-change up my, my thinking about Dortmund because, yeah, it hasn't been great to watch, but yet they're still getting results, still undefeated in the Bundesliga. Um, and yeah, we got another win uh, against Werder Bremen. Uh, redemption for Carver's trip to Dortmund last year. But Brian, what's what's been your thoughts on the the season so far? And even though it might not look pretty, like we're still grinding it out. Yeah, I think it's important that we're you know um, still getting the results and grinding out said results as well. I think um, the the Bremen game in particular was a strong one 0 performance. I mean, it's it's definitely something we've had trouble with in the past. You know, getting that one nil win and, and kind of you know getting that clean sheet going, I mean, especially in the first few games of the season, you know, we were, I guess I would say, I wouldn't say necessarily leaking goals, but but definitely allowing more than we should. So making sure we have a clean sheet is definitely great. Um, and I do think that throughout the last few games, we've been seeing a little bit more of Terzic's blueprint. It's not necessarily what we're used to with Dortmund, because obviously it's, it's a lot more uh, of a physical game and, and all of that. And it's less, as he liked to put it in, in one of his recent interviews, less sexy football. So it's like, it, it's not what we're used to, but it is getting the results. And I do think they're they're kind of internalizing what he's trying to get them to do on the pitch. The Bremen game, the Newcastle game, and hopefully we'll talk about that a little bit later. The Frankfurt game will, will show that as well. 
Yeah, just to piggyback on what Brian said, I mean, it's it's important in terms of keeping pace with the rest of the top four with us stumbling at the beginning of the season, especially whenever this team kind of has a history of dropping points right after an international break. And I mentioned how this team is starting to find some confidence in themselves and their performances right before the international break. And of course, then it gets um, cut short with that break. So yeah, very, very vital points for up for grabs here to keep pace the top four. And like you said, try to right some wrongs from last year at home against Bremen. Which, by the way, just speaking on the top four, um, I mean, I assume everyone listening is a, is a it, somewhat of a Bundesliga fan or definitely a Dortmund fan, uh, but paying attention. I know Bundesliga fans love to point out how how great the league is, even if Bayern's won it every year for the last decade. Uh, but it's always like such a tight competition besides that. It was tight last year, too. But I mean, looking at the table, it is. Although we're we're sitting in fourth, um, it is like exciting. It's an exciting prospect for the league, I think. Seeing Bayer Leverkusen uh, sitting at the top, still um, undefeated, only with one draw, seven wins. Uh, Stuttgart sitting in second, uh, Bayern Munich in third, and of course we're we're fourth, followed by Leipzig, Hoffenheim, Frankfurt. Like it's just it's kind of when you look at the league overall, it's exciting. Um, maybe not when it's like oh now we have a few more other people to worry about, which we kind of usually do, but. Um, I don't know, just as a, I'm not a neutral, but as a neutral, like it, it's fun to to look at too. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I watch a lot of Premier League. That league's doing, is pretty doing wild things right now too, uh, which is exciting. But just some advocacy for the Bundesliga. Um, but yeah, let's get into Werder Bremen game, uh, into the lineup, which uh, I want to say, I, I feel like the lineups are always unpredictable, but yet they're maybe finding a bit of consistency uh, given who's healthy and who's not. But it's like, I think it's unpredictable and like, it, it's never who I think or what the lineup is actually going to be. But like, maybe I should just accept that this is what it's going to be week after week. Koble and goal, obviously. Wolf starting at right back. Right back. Hummels and Schlotterbeck uh, are two center backs again. Rearson out left. We had Emre Chan and Mecha. Followed by Mullen, Royce, and Brandt, and then Full Krug up top. Uh, initial thoughts on the the lineups? Well, I think there's one thing that has been consistent is just the partnership between Hummels and Schlutterbeck, which you said for several months now, Jake. That's kind of like your favorite uh, lineup, whether it's Hummels and then insert Sule or Schlutterbeck, depending on fitness and form. And definitely, you got to go with Schlutterbeck right now. I mean, he is pretty much undroppable, and and it's uh, you know it sucks for Sule, but. Both of those players really are undroppable at the moment, even though Hummels is at his age, has so many games that he's been playing in just the past calendar month. Um, but just, yeah, my two cents on the back line, really. Brian, anything? Yeah, I mean, just kind of commenting on what you said in terms of, you know, uh, stable uh, parts of the starting 11. I mean, definitely Hummels and Schlotterbeck have been the go-to defensive pairing, but also Nicholas Fulkrug up top. I mean, he's been relatively indispensable. He's, he's been Dortmund's most informed striker. And uh, he's been doing a lot more than just, you know, playing up front. He's been very involved in, in the build-up play as well. Um, sometimes he can get a little isolated, unfortunately. Um, but that, I guess that kind of comes down to, like, the kind of football that we play. But still has been doing pretty damn well, I think. And, uh, and yeah, I expect to see him, you know, starting in that position moving forward. Yeah, we mentioned last week that uh, we still kind of have, like, a question mark of of Haller and, and, and where he's at at the moment. Of course, he's going to get more opportunities in the future. But from just, you know, this is nothing confirmed by the club, but just the reports that I've read over the past week or so saying that uh, his fitness levels have been a lot lower than what 
um, the club was initially expecting compared to just what a professional athlete should be at this sort of level. So I take back a lot of the criticism I've had against him in the recent months, just because I, I thought he was back up to full fitness. I did read a report in the summer that his levels were exceeding, but I guess that was just me reading some misinformation there and, and uh, continuing to spread that. So apologies. <laughs> and yeah, at least we still have a good backup right now and um, two decent strikers going forward. But yeah, another consistent starter has been full crew for sure. I know we don't always know everything as, as fans, obviously. So there's a lot of speculation everywhere. But I remember mm-hmm. us talking uh, when we got the full crew signing and, and saying it was underwhelming, not necessarily, but just positionally because we felt fine in that position uh, with Makoko, who, I mean, still isn't getting a sniff, um, and Haller, And we really were needing that like depth and, I mean, not even depth, but just like the standard rotation in some <laughs> defensive positions. Uh, but seeing him now and seeing how important he is and like maybe these reports are Haller's not as healthy. Like maybe that was something we just didn't know. And I guess we can own up to. Uh, I mean, of course, Full Krug's been been great for us. Uh, as you said, our most important striker and, and scorer. Um, and so maybe there's, maybe it's just one thing we have to cop and say, oh, well, all these things were going on behind the scenes, but they didn't want to be so forward facing about it, which is like completely understandable. Um, so I guess I'll like I'll cop any that criticism <laughs> a little bit and and I can't be mad either. Like I'm still not mad, wasn't mad again positionally, uh was the only weird thing about it. For sure. And I mean, still going going off that a little bit. I mean, yes, we can we can definitely, you know, bring Haller's um or boil down Haller's uh performances to that fitness issue. And that in in that sense too, I mean, I feel like the club should be, you know, giving him that window to find that fitness. But it's, I find it still interesting that we're looking to start or not start him, but put him in into games uh, as opposed to putting in Mokoko, you know, considering he's not really been in form, maybe allowing him to find that form in training, giving Mokoko some minutes might actually, you know, be beneficial for, for both players. So I just find it interesting that we haven't seen Terzic do much of that lately. Well said. Yeah, I, I think it's the future is very unknown for Mokoko at this club, given he literally extended what, not even a calendar year ago now? And it was a lot of uh, drama leading up to that for a year before that, year plus before that. So, you know, we thought this was behind us now, but Terzic doesn't really fancy him at the moment. And uh, I'm not sure how much longer Mukoko is going to continue just being the third string man. You know, I'm a big Mukoko fan and I'd love to see him get more minutes. Um, I mean, like I said, you know, considering the fact, you know, uh, Haller hasn't been panning out and we know why that's the case. I mean, I'm sure, um, you know, the cancer treatment that he went through is still having an effect on his body. The guy clearly still needs, you know, some, you know, uh, time to, to get to full fitness. So I, once again, I just still find it a little bit amusing that Mukoko isn't getting the minutes despite that fact. So, I mean, going forward, I hope that Terzic, uh, gives some more minutes, but like you guys are saying, it doesn't seem like, um, he's fully keen on, on doing so at this time. Though at the same time, both Sebastian Kale and um, and Edin Terzic have, have come out in interviews and said, you know, that they're very aware of what they have in Mukoko. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's mixed signals. Um, and uh, as you said, Jake, you know, we are fans and we don't know everything that's going on in the background. So maybe there is something else going on in the background that we don't know about. That's not really front facing or or you know common knowledge to. To, to us kind of looking in from the outside. So, so yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a bewildering situation. I, I know like, 
I think we have high expectations because like what we've seen from Mokoko and I, I like he's obviously been well, it, it appears like he was being outspoken last year, especially when it came to like signing the new contract. But I think one thing to remember, and maybe we, t- we talked about last last podcast too, is like he's still so young. Um, and I even think like looking across other leagues and teams, like you don't always see someone that young straight up like getting all all the chances. And maybe it's because like he does with Haller, like he looks like a, a depth option that we would need. And because of that situation, you would think to see him more. But I think also in the grand scheme, like just him being so young, like it's maybe not that surprising that he's not getting the chance. And maybe that's a, a thing. It's just like patience and like you got to, you got to wait and, and earn it a hundred percent. And although I feel like seeing him in small moments, he's definitely like earned maybe more of a sniff than he's getting because we, we've seen that he can perform. Uh, but yeah, maybe it's just, they, they just need a little more from him. I don't know what that is. Um, but I mean, that could be a thing too. It's like, you just got to remember like how, how young he is and it, it could still be a couple years before. Uh, and if he like is patient and if he can hang on, then like, like he could be still have a long, long uh, career at Dortmund as our top striker for a long time, but it, it could still realistically, it could still be a couple years. Hopefully it's sooner than that, but <laughs> agreed. All right. Well, I mean, we can get into the, uh, the, the details nitty gritty of this game, which I mean, we get a goal in the 67th minute. I just skipped right ahead to the 67th minute. <laughs> lead, I mean, leading up watching this game, was there any moments? I mean, we kind of dominated the stats, expected goals 2.69 to 0.37. Were there any moments where you guys were worried or, or thought maybe we weren't going to pull it out, maybe in this with a, a draw or a, a, a late, late loss? Well, I was worried I was going to be able to not watch the game at all because ESPN's stream was down the first. 12, uh, yeah, almost 15 sucks. minutes. <laughs> so I didn't get to see much of that. I did pull up a, uh, a bootleg stream. And for anyone who doesn't know, and I tweeted this, footybyte, footybyte.to, I think. And they always like change the URL because it's getting shut down every once in a while. But I mean, it is free. For the most part, it's pretty reliable if you have a decent ad blocker. Um, and it's HD too. So I found a stream after like, you know, eight, 10 minutes. But anyway, I would just... And yeah, this is not an ad for illegal... No, it's not an ad. Yeah, we're not sponsored. It's not an ad for illegal watching, but... It's, it's the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> Unofficial endorsement. Right. I mean, but back to the game. <laughs> Carver, even getting the, the goal in the 67th, was there uh Were you like, nope, I'm not, I'm not getting my hopes too high? Yeah, I mean... There were there were moments of that. I mean, I think they were, it wasn't the same, but there was a similar vibe in the first half, just because it kind of seemed like we we're still finding our foot in attack. And I, I talked about our issues uh, last episode in in that sense. But I mean, Bremen also just defended pretty well centrally, forcing us to play through the flanks. And um, Malin had himself in some pretty difficult situations. So he hasn't scored a lot recently, and I think some people are starting to kind of turn towards him again. But I mean, a lot of the chances he had have been pretty difficult for the most part, so I don't want to be too harsh on him. His decision-making has always been an issue, and it's improved a lot, but it's there's still um, some moments where he could do better. But uh, yeah, with both of Bremen's strikers just playing closer together, you can see and, and denying progression through them made it just kind of hard for us to break things down um, because we still need some help, help out in the wings, in my opinion. I mean, Malin is kind of like that hybrid striker winger and Adeyemi was like that too I mean he wasn't on the field but same similar kind of player in that sense so I think we're still trying to find our way out wide as well but nevertheless uh 
don't have to worry when you have Schlotterbeck at left wing, right? Because I, I know, like, even yeah. against Newcastle, I'm not trying to go too far ahead, but, like, that man is just an unbelievable footballer as a center back, too, which is mind-boggling. Yeah. Um, I mean, kind of just going off what, what Carver said. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't necessarily the type of game that I necessarily felt that Dortmund would throw away, but considering that it was Bremen, I would be lying if I didn't say that I had, uh, you know, an 87th minute uh, equalizer and a 92nd minute winner in the back of my head for, for Bremen, considering how, how things went down last year, you know? So, I mean, I, I guess maybe it was just the PTSD talking there with regards to that. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think under Terzic, especially this season, we've been more solid defensively. I mean, just mm-hmm. in the league alone, we've only conceded eight goals. So that's only two more than Frankfurt, which we're playing this weekend, that um, conceded six, which is the the best defensive record in the league right now. So we're not doing too bad. Um, Yes, we've had moments where we've looked kind of shaky, but I'm definitely gaining a lot more confidence in Dortmund's defense, especially because of that Hummels and uh, Schlotterbeck partnership. So I think uh, it's going strong. we have Schlotterbeck everywhere on the field, so if we could just play him in every position, that'd be great. It'd be fun. Yeah. Ten Schlotties. <laughs> and also, Bremen just, I feel like they lacked the quality in comparison to uh, last year when we were at home in transition, specifically, uh, whenever they are going from defense to attack and, and Marvin Dusch not really finding his feet and, you know, whether it's the pass or the, or the nice touch, you know, going into space so they can keep their attacks at a decent pace on the counter. So it was a little bit easier to recover for us in that sense, which I'll take it. I'll take it. I said it in the last episode of the preview, but again, we stole full Krug, which helps. That does help. That does help. <laughs> Would not want to be facing. <laughs> um, and I do want to talk about Reyna a bit, which is obviously a, always a hot topic. As Americans, as he should be, and people might be, people outside of the States are probably sick of us talking about Reina so much, but I mean, we've got to, and Brian, cause I'm, I'm just interested. Cause I don't think we've talked to you about Reina at least recently. Cause you just haven't been on the show in a while. Uh, but now that he's starting to come back, obviously he had time with the USMNT, uh, getting two goals, uh, came into this match, uh, with 28, uh, played 28 minutes at 96% uh, passes complete, two chances created, uh, a couple shots, one shot on target. And I'm just curious, like where Brian, you see him fitting back into the team uh midfield role is he a solution out wide on the wing um or like your overall thoughts on on now that he's getting back up to fitness like where you you think we may or may not see him yeah so i actually wrote a a piece on uh, geo's performance after the Birmingham game and i was actually pretty impressed uh, with what i saw considering we haven't seen much of him on the pitch um, I mean, obviously, we saw over over um, the international break that he did create with the USM uh, US national team, uh, and seeing him back on the pitch for Dortmund was also really great. Considering, I, I do think he does have um, some of what Dortmund has been missing, uh, particularly in midfield. Um, you could just see, like, when he came on the pitch, a, a lot of what Dortmund was doing well was going through him. He was definitely very involved and very eager to both take shots and, and create chances. I mean, I remember uh, there was a really good cross into the box uh, in the 80, 80-something minute that that basically we we came very close to putting away. Then he had that really good switch to Adiemi, like, maybe, like, two, three minutes later that really opened up Bremen. And... Uh, uh, and pr- basically provide an opportunity for, for Adiemi to, to continue the attack. 
uh, proficiently. So, I mean, like his involvement was great. Um, I do see, I mean, I, th- I think the club long-term see him almost as their voice replacement, but I do think he would be able to, I'm sorry for the siren in the background. <laughs> uh, I do live in a big city here, right? Um, but, uh, but I do see him, um, you know, um, playing, uh, in that 10 role, but also, um, featuring possibly a little bit deeper in, in midfield, kind of where we've seen him play for the, the, the men's national team. So, um, and, and the reason I say that is because what I saw from him, I feel was a, was a far more mature performance than what we've seen before. Um, he was staying on his feet a lot more often uh, as opposed to, you know, diving because he, he has, you know, kind of built up that reputation of being a player that kind of goes down easily. But there were a few moments, which I was really impressed with, and, and I definitely noted in that piece as well, uh, where he could have gone down, but instead he, he stayed on his feet, held off the, the, the person pressing him and, and continued the attack or, or sent in a, a good pass to, to continue Dortmund moving forward. So positionally, like I said, I mean, like definitely he could definitely play that 10 role. I do think that that's kind of what Dortmund see him as long term. But if we do want to try him in that midfield role, like kind of more as a central midfielder, I think that is also a possibility. Um, but that'll obviously take time and for him to like transition into that position. Because like I said, we've seen him play that kind of role for the national team. Haven't seen him really play that much for Dortmund. Um, but I think it's worth a shot to, to see him there. But yeah, I, I think his performance was great. And and yeah, hopefully he just builds off that. Yeah, whenever he slips more into that midfield role, you're running the risk of him giving away some unnecessary fouls because obviously he's not a defensive player, a defensive-minded player. And he did give away a foul in, in uh, the Newcastle game as well whenever he came on. Um, but I think Terzic, I mean, he got his substitution spot on this game. Um, I mean, literally like in at the hour mark, I was like... A Reyna and a Benzabayani is exactly what we need right now. And sure enough, that next minute, uh, Terzic made those two subs to bring on a little bit more defensive stability. And also, like the things you mentioned, Brian, about Reyna, I mean, he could really open up that Bremen defense a bit more and run through the center a bit more, which is where we could be a so much more dangerous. Um, and the few moments we had through the center, uh, Reyna just created more of those. So, I mean, good on Terzic for getting his changes in personnel correct here. Brian, I'm also going to ask about Brandt too, because uh, Carver and I always talk about him, seeing him as a, a player m- more versatile, I guess, or more effective down the middle. Obviously, we've been seeing him a little more out wide uh, this season so far in, in the formation we, we've been playing. I guess if, again, he's he's not starting yet, but Reyna, if Reyna can slot in that 10 role, do you still see Brandt as like a wide player or him also in that 10 where it's just kind of a potential rotation up for grabs with him, Royce, and Reyna? Um, I mean, so Brent, obviously, I feel like is is Dortmund's immediate future at the ten. Once once Royce is, is kind of out of the picture um, down the line. I mean, hopefully not too soon, right? We we, we still love to see him on the pitch he, and all you know, that. He's not going anywhere. He's still <laughs> yeah. You know, he's been doing great. Um, but I definitely see um, Reyna as kind of that Brent uh, esque player. Like, yes, he can play out wide, but he's definitely better through the middle. Um. It's tough because I mean I think Carver, you alluded to it, right? We we do need more of of more wing type players out wide, and Brandt doesn't necessarily fit that role for me. But at the same time, he's been he's been doing fine, you know. I mean, three goals, four assists in the Bundesliga. That's that's solid return for eight games, you know, seven goal involvements in eight games. So I mean, he I think he's just been playing well in general wherever he's been put in this season. So. 
I guess there's more flexibility with where I would put Brandt, but I would definitely want to focus on Geo kind of playing more centrally. Brandt is on a whole new level, it seems like this season. I mean, he has really improved a lot in the last like 12, 18 months. Don't get me wrong, but it feels like he's just on like a, a whole nother next level. Um, I mean, he made some great tackles this game too, and, and he just seems so much more strong on the ball. And we talked about his defensive effort being really uh, improved upon in these past several months, but he just, he just continues to build on that. You know, it's like, you know, what a player and created six chances this game too, from an attacking standpoint. Yeah, I think it was maybe, maybe it was just cause it was early in the season. I know Carver and I talked about it quite a bit, like seeing Brandt out wide and, and not loving it, but yeah, like you said, his numbers, goal contributions still performing really well. And maybe it just took a little bit, change up his thought process and approaching that position. Cause I mean, we're still seeing a really good performances out of him. Obviously got the goal in this game. Um, and was it this week that I feel like so many things happened and maybe it's just cause the two games and the Newcastle is fresh on my mind, but did he just hit, was it 300 Bundesliga appearances? Yes. Uh, Brent? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, awesome. That's just a, a good feat. And cause I feel like 300 for, he's still, he's like 27 or something like, yeah, that seems, that's a lot of games. I feel like for a 27 year old, uh, which is, pretty awesome and i love that we're just seeing this continued like upward trajectory no matter where uh, he's been playing uh do you want to talk about the goal a little bit before we move on i mean it it was uh, i forgot who sent in the pass to brent to be honest it was chan oh yeah it was that's right yeah i what a great uh pass from deep there we've been missing those kind of ping balls from chan i feel like this this uh this season so far given he has you know, set back a bit more deep and not been as involved, which I mean, I'm not saying he's an attacking midfielder, innings, but he, he has like gotten himself involved in goals in the past. Um, so yeah, good on him to get himself involved. And it's a great vision from him from getting the ball to Brant and a very, very sexy chip too, as well from, from Yuli to get us up one nil. And that was what yeah, 67th minute. And which is, which is much needed because, you know, you're starting to come down to the wire here and, and, you don't want to start trying to force balls, and that's whenever Bremen, I feel like, can hurt you is, uh, on the counter if they have a bit more momentum on them on their side. So, yeah, good goal. Yeah, the uh, the goal was impressive on both ends, like you mentioned with the, with the pass, but also Brandt's anticipation and, mm-hmm. and the run he made just to be in that position to get that ball. Ten out of ten. It was it was that's the Julian Brandt that I was so excited signed for Dortmund back in 2019, and it's yeah. so good to see him performing at this level because I've always been a massive fan of the guy. So really happy for him. Brandt boys, that's all I got to add. <laughs> Brandt boys, we out From here. Episode one, baby. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, let's get you guys wanted to jump into Newcastle unless there's like any other thing you want to add from this match. We can get right into it. Um. I- this touches on both, but I just wanted to bring up some stats here from Schlotterbeck again, from him being <laughs> joking, not bring, joking. As I want to bring up some things real quick too about Schlotterbeck and specifically Carver. This doesn't really fit in the episode anywhere, but this is the best time to say it. Carver and I played soccer last week. Uh, and if you don't know what we look like, cause I know that often happens with podcasts, even though we're on social media, we don't always post photos of each other. Um, Carver was wearing a Dortmund Jersey. We were supposed to be white team versus dark colors and carver chose yellow um which was kind of in between but it worked out they said light colors jake <laughs> light colors but everyone else was wearing white and carver was like i'm gonna wear my dortmund why kit. wouldn't you but i'm just gonna shatter the glass of whatever illusion you think carver looks like picture Schlotterbeck. because at one point i looked at him and carver is tall 
Carver's a tall, skinny dude, and Carver's on the ball in in the back. And I just look at him. I'm like, Schlotty, Schlotty, pass me the ball. And he did, and it was beautiful. But I was just like, man, Carver is Schlotter back. back. I've I've actually had multiple strangers tell me that as well that I look like Schlotter. I feel like. This is so off topic now, but I feel like if, if Bo Burnham and Schlotterbeck had a baby, that, that would be me. <laughs> anyway, okay. Stats I wanted to get into. I just, I, <laughs> Go ahead. Before we did the episode, I wanted to, I had to say that. And so thank you for setting me up. Very pertinent. Very pertinent. Um, Schlotterbeck, for, compared to other center backs in the Bundesliga, he is in the 99th percentile for goals, assists, non-penalty goals, obviously. Um expected assisted goals, progressive carries. He also had the most progressive carries in our team in the Bremen game as well. Um, I mean, just all these insane stats from that, again, you're just seeing from a center back, 88th percentile for passes completed, 90th percentile for uh, passes attempted, total passing distance was 93rd percentile, and passes into the penalty area, 94th percentile. And oh, another one, sorry. Here we go. He passes <laughs> 95th percentile for center back. Just crazy. I mean, the man can play, even though, I mean, again, he's obviously a center back. The man can play like pretty much anywhere. And he makes some just great runs on and off the ball. And it's something I, I did not know that was in his game before he came to us. I knew he was a warrior and he was very fast for a center back and obviously very strong and a bunch of other things. But I had no idea he was that talented on the ball with, this, with the ball at his feet. It's just incredible. How do your stats compare? <laughs> I'm a bit better. I'm a bit better. But, you know, he'll get there one day. <laughs> Brian, did you have anything? <laughs> Just about my looks, not about Schlotterbeck's stats. Oh, yeah. Spitting image of Schlotter right here. Yeah, 100%. Can't confirm. Um, what's it called? Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, I will say it's not super surprising to see Schlotterbeck as involved uh, in the attack. I mean, we saw last season that he's he, he was capable of that. I mean, I, if correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure he was uh, the player to assist Modest for his uh, equalizer yeah. in the Bayern yeah. game. Uh, I believe he scored a couple goals last season too. Um, and he, I, he, I believe he scored that that banger against uh, Union Berlin, correct, yeah. as well? Yep. So, I mean, Don't you forget it. Yeah, no, I mean, our, <laughs> that was a beauty. Um, we we lost it in Times Square. Um, but um, well, what's it called? Yeah, I mean, like his involvement on the pitch, it, it, it's evident. Um, I will say his defensive output has improved this season uh, right. significantly. So, so he's added that to his game. So that's great. But yeah, I mean, all in all, a fantastic player. Um, I, I really think we we upgraded when uh, we lost to Kanji, despite him doing great at Man City. Nothing against him. We got Schlotterbeck. I think that was one of the better moves we've made on the transfer market. So yeah, very happy with what he's been doing. I I mean, I agree with everything. I love Schlotterbeck. And I think we did see, it's nice to see him. I think it's like the we saw some really good defensive moments last season um but it, it always also felt like like going in for these big tackles like it always felt like man if you hesitate just a little bit or like your timing was a little off like you just they're past you and and now i feel like we're seeing those kind of moments and maybe smarter defensive moments a lot more consistently and then of course the the attacking and, and getting up and getting the ball in dangerous positions like it's yeah it's all around and he's still so young too i, I know we we've kind of People, there's talk of like, or oh, we're moving away from just getting the young guys. Not that Slaughterback's like a super young guy by any means, but he is still a really young center back, which means uh, 
I mean, he, he can be doing this stuff for a long time. And like, I mean, he's trying to maybe him and Hummel's playing tennis together. Like they could be doing this till they're 45. This yeah. could be great. <laughs> Hummel's in his sixties, Schlotty in his forties. <laughs> uh, but we also got, I feel like maybe this is a game to do it, but I wanted to shout him out previous game too. Gregor mother effing Koble. <laughs> Just big man. Right from IT. Ugh. What a what a butte. And uh, I'm just going to use that to jump right in the lineup so I don't forget him, as I usually do. But Koble in goal against Newcastle. Slaughter back in Hummels. Two center backs. Saw Wolf on the right again. Benzai Baini getting the start on the left. Imre Chan, Mecha, and Sabitzer in the midfield. Full Krug, Malin, and Royce up top. A little different. Brant uh, out late. Uh, shortly before the game, we got the news that Brant was out, which caused panic almost everywhere. Uh, Rearson also out for this game too, which is of course seeing Royce starting that advanced, more advanced position in Sabitzer, uh, joining the midfield with Chan and Mecha. Your guys panic thoughts on the lineup at all or? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, when, uh, when, when I saw that Brant wasn't going to be playing, I mean, you can just insert that panicked hamster image. Like that, that was, that was basically me. Like, it was just like, oh no, this is, this, this may or may not end up going, um, too well considering he's been such a such an important uh part of our attack and just in general like like you guys even mentioned like even going back i mean he's been far more um involved defensively too um but all in all i thought it was a great performance um i was all i will say i was also a little bit worried about wolf uh playing that right back position uh seeing last minute that ryerson was out also induced a little bit of panic um but i mean i think all in all all of them did a, a relatively good job um, I mean, kept a clean sheet, right? A little bit of help from the from the post uh, on a couple occasions, but you know, every team needs a little bit of luck. Um, but yeah, all in all, um, I, I, I'd like to also mention Sabitzer. I think he did a, a pretty good job too. Very dynamic in the midfield, especially both both in this game and in the in the Bremen game as well. So I mean, seeing him come back from injury and and, and automatically have an impact. Um, I mean, he was in and around the box. He was defending. He was everywhere. So. Energizer Bunny, that guy. So I'm glad to see him doing well. Um, and yeah, I mean, aside from that, I, th- I think it was overall a pretty good performance. Yeah, thankfully, with I mean, I, I get what you're saying with Wolf uh, being, I mean, sort of a defensive re- liability at times, um, but it helps a lot having Sabitzer on that same side right in front of him to kind of bring a bit more stability, given he can play in the 10, 8, or 6. But um, yeah, I mean, I was also nervous with Brent being out too, especially just with what was at stake. I mean, I think this was an absolute must win to stay, have even a sort of a sniff going into the knockout stage of the Champions League this year. Yeah, I guess, Brian, too, I'll, I'll loop back and I'm sorry if I just keep throwing everything at you. It's just, again, we haven't talked in a while and I, I like <laughs> oh, <it's all> good. <laughs> I like hearing your thoughts. Bring all I, the questions. <laughs> I mean, this this Champions League campaign obviously hasn't been... Uh, like like you said, this was a must win game. This is what we needed to like keep our, our hopes alive. And up until this moment, like I was pretty glum. Like I thought Champions League was pretty much over. Just because given our early on when we drew, I said that I don't think Newcastle is going to really be able to perform in the Champions League. I thought it it was going to be a little too much um, Champions League and Premier League. But I mean, they beat PSG. They I mean smacked PSG. Uh, they've been performing pretty consistently. Um, and we haven't won in England in 10 years. So things weren't looking great. And I just thought it was going to be way too much pressure on the last three games if we couldn't get a result here. Uh, but now, I mean, this gives us a, a big momentum swing. But I guess your 
Uh, how, how have you been perceiving the Champions League and what this win means? I mean, just like you guys said, I, I would I've been echoing the same thing. Uh, every game is a must win game in in this group, particularly because of how competitive it is. Like it's it's called the group of death for a reason. I mean, uh, we can be thankful that you know Milan has underperformed a bit. I mean, I thought they'd be doing a little bit better than they are. Yes, yeah, um, but yeah. Definitely, you know, just kind of focusing in on, on Newcastle. I mean, I was definitely nervous about the game. Um, it definitely helped a little bit, and, and this is unfortunate because, you know, we never cheer any injuries or anything like that. But Isak coming off um, early on definitely helped a little bit. So I feel like um, he would have caused a bit of a problem, and he would have kind of had a little bit of a point to prove anyway, considering how, you know, uh, his time at Dortmund went. So, I mean... It was a must-win game. I think we did a really good job of taking the game seriously, despite the players that we had out. Um, and everyone kind of really pitched in to, to you know, um, to, to get get it over the line. Um, and yeah, I mean, going forward, this puts us in a, in a better position, considering we, we do have that one that point. Where we currently sit second in the group with one goal scored. Miraculous, right? I mean, like, who would have thought of that? Not, 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 not on my bingo card for this year, but um, yeah, only one goal in the Champions League so far. So, yeah, um, yeah being in that position is good. Um, two home games left, right, against PSG and uh, Newcastle. Newcastle. Yeah. yeah, again, so if we can get those results. Um, for a lot of what, what, I, what I've been seeing, too, is um, Newcastle fans uh, blaming uh, how many drums Dortmund fans were allowed to bring into the stadium to, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, ramp up the support and all that, and they're like, "Oh yeah, they shouldn't be allowed to bring in all these drums," you know. So I- I'm wondering how Newcastle will cope uh, back home at the Westfalen, you know. So it might be another case of uh, players like Timo Werner who don't like like uh, loud stadiums. So hopefully that'll work to our advantage. I saw I saw those tweets as well, and it was it it made me feel a bit warm inside, given you know how rowdy Newcastle fans are, and we were able to not only make ourselves heard, but I mean make them feel like that they couldn't even really hear their own chants too, which is drown them out at times. Right. Right. Um, yeah, that atmosphere was electric. I mean, that, that game over, overall, even though it was a one nil was very exciting. I mean, just a ear piercing atmosphere. I mean, the opening minutes was a slug fest too. I mean, just wide open and, and I had no idea who was going to score first. And I, I, I had no idea that Anthony Gordon was going to be good too. I mean, I've only seen him, a handful of times. I don't even know if many were at Newcastle, but uh, I mean, he's really come to life there uh, in England for them. So, I mean, he was, he was pretty dangerous. And uh, I mean, that, yeah, that first hour was just crazy. I mean, Mullen had a handful of chances and I know he maybe could have done a bit better, but again, the chances were very difficult and I don't want to be too harsh on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was that, wild that game. A lot of cred goes to Koble, obviously, but I mean Nick Pope too had a had a pretty great game too. There was that that Mullen chance followed up by a full Krug immediately, uh, and he saved them both. I mean they weren't like you said the that Mullen chance specifically kind of like right at the keeper, but given the proximity and just his reaction time to save that, and then the second one was was wild, and that was yeah, most was of the match class. too, just back and forth, big saves in the rain. Uh, I mean back on the atmosphere thing too, maybe like I. There was so much talk about the atmosphere, I think, from pregame show. And I think it's it's always funny watching Champions League because you get some commentators who don't quite know, don't quite follow like the, the Bundesliga for sure because you always hear some weird things here and there. But it's like, I think 
yeah, it's a, like Newcastle is a wild, crazy atmosphere. But I mean, Dortmund plays also in one of the best atmosphere in the world too. Granted, like that's 80,000 fans cheering for you, not against you, but still, you, you know, they're kind of used to that and, and up for it. And then I think it was like the 60th minutes when it really like stuck out to me, like hearing the Dortmund fans uh, was just incredible. And, and really, I mean, it wasn't drowning them out because it was just the Newcastle fans weren't making noise and that just kind of like killed them too. And also you could tell there's a point in the match where like, if we could have just, obviously you get one more goal and you kind of kill them, but they were just like grasping. It seemed like Newcastle fans, supporters, and the team was just like grasping to anything. And it's like, man, if we could have just got that that second, just knockout punch, second goal, uh, they would have been deflated. Unfor- uh, unfortunately, it didn't happen. But fortunately, we were able to, to hang on and get the win. Uh, thanks to, maybe we should talk about him, Metcha getting the uh, stoppage time into the first half goal. Carver, you look sad about it. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. <laughs> but, but but the look on your face it was it was something that I shared, so it's fine. Enough, Brian. I should be honest. Come on now. So I mean, I'll I'll ask a question. Is this a case? I know we've talked about Metro before and not being impressed. He does get the goal in this game. I feel like he. I've always said anytime he's playing, like I kind of hyper focus on him because I'm trying to look for something. And most times, I'm just disappointed. He did seem more into this game he seemed like he was doing good things obviously he got the goal but i felt like he was getting around the pitch better um he was able to control the ball a little better um better passes um so he like that stood out to me this time like okay maybe it is a thing where obviously underwhelmed in the beginning but he is coming into a new team maybe he can start to grow and develop into the player we need um and maybe it's just gonna take some time but i mean your guys thoughts on his performance outside of the the match winner goal. Of course, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely was was a better performance, and credit where credit is due. I mean, he scored the winning goal, and and it's yeah, it, it was good to see him, you know, uh, get off the mark there in the Champions League and 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 play a an active role in, in us winning. Um, I've had some talk with 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 people about his performance, and 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 I've seen online some people start saying you know, oh, like, you know, that goal is worth the 30 million that we paid. It's still not like he's improving, like he's getting better. And, I, and I'm happy to see that. Um, but if we can start seeing this more of a consistent basis and not just like over like two, three games, then we can return to the conversation of whether he's, you know, uh, lived up to that price tag uh, that, you know, uh, the club put on him when when they brought him in. So, I mean, yeah, it, it was it was great great to see him, you know, get get the finish and of course it was important to us winning. So, yeah, j- just happy to see him doing better and uh and yeah, hopefully it continues in this trajectory and then we can talk more about, you know, what sort of player he is for the team and all that. So, let's 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 wait to like, you know, break out the fireworks, right? Let's let's see let's see what happens. It's good signs, but we'll see. One thing that I've definitely noticed in just the past two games has just been his fitness level. I mean, if there's one glaring attribute of him as a player is just he's an athlete. I mean, outside of the sport, he just looks like an like a natural athlete, but he just looked so slow and lazy for so much of the season so far. And, you know, with him having the mantra of just like, I, you know, I have, I have something to prove and I want people to give me the chance. And then he just has these really lazy performances. It, it turns people off that weren't already turned off to begin with. But yeah, I mean, he looked really, really fit these past two games. Like we made some good runs on and off the ball with the ball uh, in particular against Bremen and uh, the timing 
of this goal against Newcastle was really vital. I mean, I think that took a lot of the sting out of not only the players of Newcastle, but again, the atmosphere too. I think we started to grow a bit more in confidence, fans and players alike in that second half going in, knowing that we're one up, you know? And I mean, I know Newcastle have endless money, the backing they have, and they have a very good coach on their hands as well. And of course, they picked up a lot of great signings the past 12 months, but this is still the same. Uh, I mean, for the most part, I mean, it is, it is a club that just was relegated recently uh, the past few years. So, I mean, they still have some players that aren't used to this sort of level. And it looks like some of them did start to drop their heads a bit. And thankfully, we capitalized on that. You know, you want to see more of that from Dortmund of, you know, taking the game to the other team and trying to go for the jugular there, which, again, we couldn't get that second goal. But it looked like we were a lot, lot more dominant in that second half. Um, and I think, you know, credit to the fans for also recognizing that and trying to lift the players even more. But also take nothing away from Schlotterbeck's assist, too. I mean, left wing Schlotty. <laughs> Like for, forget everything Mecha did. It was all Schlotterbeck. <laughs> it's interesting too because I mean, even in the men of the match award, you know, it was awarded to Malin. I would have thought that yeah. you know Schlotterbeck would have been the player that uh, that got the award. Um, I mean, yes, Mecha scored the goal, but I mean Schlotterbeck's in, in just general performance, both assisting and just what he did in the defense, um, would have made him a better candidate. I mean, hell, Gregor Koble. I mean, his performance was was stellar too. So it's, it's interesting that you know. It was Mullins that got the award when, when there were these other players, too, that um that might have deserved it. One other shout for Man of the Match, the crossbar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> big up the crossbar. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, toward, ugh, the end, it, I mean, all of it. It was it was just nuts. It was such a fun game to watch. Yeah, even was. though I was, like, stressed out of my mind towards the end. I still, like, it's hard to be, like, I probably in the moment I wasn't as confident. But I it kind of just felt like, like I said, I think I was more expecting that second goal to really like finish it. Um, and that's why like I felt even watching it towards the end, like having a lot of confidence in it. Maybe it was, maybe it was their like uh, their body language too. Like you, you could tell they were kind of Newcastle was a bit out of it. It was just such a, such a good game. And I think everything on the line too, especially towards the end, I, I think you, you see Dortmund pick it up because they understand, they, they understand the significance of playing in England and in our record there the last decade and just our Champions League record too. And this was the the moment to to turn it around and and make a change. And they they stepped it up. And I mean, our fans knew that too. That's why they're the best. That's why they were louder than everyone else in, in the stadium that was supposed to cause us panic. Um, so just great, great performance to see. I loved our, just the, I mean, you always talk about the Premier League as a physical league too. And I loved us being that physical team. Uh, and not only like, not even just being physical, but also like Malin, like all his skill moves, getting around everyone. Like we just looked the better team overall, even though it was such a tight match and they had plenty of chances to, to score too. But I, I just felt like overall, we looked like more, just the, the stronger team in general. Yeah. Both of these results, I think were pretty deserved at the end of the day. I mean, and both, uh, oppositions would, I would imagine admit that. I mean, I, I did a little, uh, a little scrolling through Newcastle subreddit during the game. And they were, <laughs> they were thinking the same thing. Like we should have been up before we even scored the first goal. So, so Dortmund back in action this Sunday, got a little extra day uh, to recover and prep for Eintracht Frankfurt Sunday morning, 1030 Eastern time. Uh, Brian, are you going to banter in New York this week and watch this match? Uh, I don't believe I'll be going this week, but I will be going the week after likely for the Bayern game. So I guess that's, 
if you need to, if you can only make it out to one weekend, maybe the yeah, you <laughs> want to do it. Also, I asking that knowing full well, I have not been to our local bar for any watch parties in a while, so I'm slacking. It's okay. But the Byron game, that's a good shout. That's probably coming up in a couple of weeks. So start planning to get to your local pub. Uh, but yeah, Frankfurt, I, I think I mentioned top of the show, they're sitting seventh in the league. Uh, they're also in Europe. I think they're in Euro- Europa League, which is Europa Conference League. Yeah. Which is why we're playing Sunday. That makes sense. Uh, how are you guys feeling going into this match? Uh, Carver, start with you. Any predictions or thoughts? I, to be honest, I haven't seen much of Frank. I haven't seen them play this year at all. I mean, I've I've looked uh, here and there at their stats, but I mean, they picked up some good players in the summer. I think Shkiri was a, a missed opportunity for us, and of course, he's performing in the Bundesliga like he always does. And their defensive um, game has also improved. Obviously, Brian mentioned already they have the least amount of goals conceded in the league. Picked up also Robin Koch, who originally came from Freiburg, then went to Leeds for a few years, now it's back in the Bundesliga. So, I mean, it should be an exciting match. And this is also an away game. But after that, we have a home spell of... uh, Is it three in a row? Because we have Hoffenheim in the Pokal. That's at home. Bayern at home. And then also in the Champions League with Newcastle at home. So... Really got to deliver on the road here again to keep pace with the top four and just kind of keep pushing because we're going to need as many points as we can before we meet with Bayern. And uh, I'm hoping for a win. I'm predicting a win. I'm going to go 2 1 us. Yeah. So Frankfurt, I think, is going to be um, a pretty tough game for Dortmund um, or for, for any team in the league right now. I think Frankfurt uh, are, are kind of on, on the up and up. Um, I do cover a little bit of Frankfurt for Get German Football News, so I've been watching their games here and there. I watched the the game against Hoffenheim last week, and uh, I mean that was that was some pretty impressive attacking play. I mean Omar Marmouche, I believe that's how you pronounce it. He's on fire. I mean former German boy Ansgar Knauf uh, scored last game too. Yeah, and I managed to to watch portions of their game against HJK Helsinki today in the Conference League. And um, granted, I mean, this is Helsinki, right? This isn't Dortmund. But what I will say is that Dino Topmuller has definitely put together a squad that's not ailing too much from not having Randall Kolomwani. Um, Their pressing game was great. They're dangerous from set pieces. Um, Counterattacking football is pretty smooth. And once again, granted, this game was uh, a 6-0 against um, Helsinki. But still, it's uh, it's a game in Europe, you know, and uh, and yeah, I mean, they were just in general impressive. I mean, uh, they press in packs, so that's going to be something we're definitely going to have to keep an eye on, especially in terms of um, our midfield. Um, but yeah, the three one against Hoffenheim, this six nil, they're going to be confident, and uh, they're unbeaten at home in all competitions. So it's it's a tight ship that uh, that Dino Topmuller is running over there, and it, it's going to be a tough one. Um, predictions? Uh, I'm going to say obviously. I think Dortmund will win because I do think we're far more defensively solid than HJK Helsinki. Um, and just in general, we've, we've been showing that, that, you know, defensively we're, we're, we're pretty good under, under Terzic. Um, but we will have to watch out for, for, for their counterattacking ability. Um, and even in this game, I mean, they showed they can score from, from everywhere. I mean, they scored, I mean, Robin Koch got a goal. Um, who was it else? Tuta also got a goal. He's also a central defender. I mean, Shkiri got a goal. Um, Marmouche um, also had, had, was on the score sheet. So they're, they're, they're getting goals from everywhere. 
So that that's also something to, to keep in mind. Um, yeah, they just have danger men kind of everywhere. And uh, like I said, on the up and up. So it, it'll be it'll be something for, for Dortmund to look out for. Uh, scoreline prediction, I will say 3-2 Dortmund. 3-2 thriller. I'm going to go 2-1 as a prediction. And then I also wanted to ask you guys, do you think, because I didn't look ahead in the schedule until literally just now. And so Frankfurt this weekend, then we are playing midweek. We have the Pokal against Hoffenheim um, next Wednesday, the 1st of November. Do you, what kind of rotation do you think we're going to see? Do you think we're going to see heavy rotation this Sunday? given the Pokal matches against another Bundesliga opponent, and we're hopefully taking that one pretty seriously. Like, what, Are there any, I guess, surprise changes you you think we might see? My one call out again is let Hummels have some time off. Sweet Jesus. Put Sule in there. Uh, let Hummels rest a little bit, even though he's still kicking. He's still killing it. And I think this is potentially a game to see Reyna start maybe, at, like if they think he's at at that fitness level, but just like, the matches we've been playing, uh, the fact that we have another midweek game, and then Bayern after that, like it's going to be interesting to see how they rotate, if they rotate, since our squad depth is, I mean, we, we talked about a lot. It, it, we don't have a lot of depth, especially in the, the defensive line. So is there anything you guys are looking for or expect? I'm, I'm working on a, a little preview piece uh, for, for that game as well. Ooh, teaser. Um, yeah, teaser. <laughs> uh, so I agree with you on on the on the Sule aspect there. I definitely think this would be a good opportunity for Terzic to give him a start because he hasn't been starting much as of late. Um, I mean, uh, I expect Julian Ryerson to be back in the lineup because apparently he's good to go. Um, I would be hesitant to see Emre Chan in the starting lineup, particularly because he couldn't walk off the pitch. I mean, they're saying he's he's fine apparently. But I, I definitely would see Sally Oschen starting in this place. And, uh, you know, um, it, it's been good to see because Oschen hasn't been doing that bad. I mean, I remember uh, about a year, a little more than a year ago at this time, I, I think I was on the pod for the first time around. I think I picked out Oschen as my uh, play, one, of, one of my players of the season. But that season obviously underwhelmed last season. Um, but once again, we're seeing better performances from him. So I think it would be worth it for Terzic to put him in. Um, but going into the full lineup, uh, you know, I expect, uh, you know, Cobalt to be in there, obviously, with no changes there. Uh, ben Spaini, Schlotterbeck, Sule, uh, as we mentioned, Ryerson, Salioschen. Probably give Felix and Mecha um, another run out, just because there has been a fair amount of time since the game against uh, Newcastle. And considering, you know, he, he's informed you, Terzic might want to strike while the iron's hot, right? Give him more minutes. Um, I, Royce has been in form, obviously, so I expect him to start. Mullen on the wing, Brandt on the other side, and Fulker down the middle. So that's uh, that's what I'm seeing right now. I don't really have any other disagreements with that. I was just going to say, I mean, it's almost like a blessing in disguise that Rearson had this illness because now he is going to be back and rested. And of course, we got we came away with the result. Um, so I mean, he's gonna ha- he's gonna be a big addition to that team. And um, Sabitzer being back from injury, he's going to help with the depth. Brandt, hopefully, he gets a good amount of minutes as well. Um, like you said. Jake, maybe we'll have an opportunity to see Reyna start in either of these two games. So I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but for a team who's been in an injury crisis for literally two years straight, like two calendar years full, uh, we are, I don't want to jinx it, but it looks like we're pretty good right now. So <laughs> thankfully nice we'll have sight, some more right? depth. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Who, who would have thought? 
a healthy team. Yeah, and oh. I mean, we're going to need them to stay healthy. Just looking at the upcoming matches, of course, I mentioned Hoffenheim next week. The whole next, next week, month and God, a half it's... is ridiculous. And it, it's 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 full throttle until like mid-December from here on it's out. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Frankfurt on Sunday, Hoffenheim in the Pokal on Wednesday. Next Saturday is Bayern. Then the Tuesday after that, Newcastle. And then that next, that weekend, like it's just, we have midweek matches for the next two weeks. Three weeks, maybe, and then Stuttgart, and then we have a little bit of break until the 25th. But yeah, it's going to be these next couple weeks definitely going to be interesting. A lot of matches. Hopefully, everyone stays healthy. Hopefully, they can get some kind of rotation down. But it's just going to be interesting. Yeah, and and just to comment on on what you guys were saying about Reyna, I I I don't necessarily expect him to start against Frankfurt, but the Hoffenheim game I think uh, would be definitely be a good opportunity for for him to come in and 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 start. I do expect to see Reyna get on the pitch, especially considering what he's done so far um, with the limited minutes that he's had. I think Terzic is looking at that and being like, all right, you can play that super sub role again and then give him some minutes uh, against Hoffenheim. But yeah, who knows? We might see him come on, you know, uh, late against uh, Frankfurt and, and score the winner. I'll put that out there. Actually, you know what? He's, I'm, I'm going to put this out there. He scores the third goal. We went through a Reyna goal. Hopefully he doesn't come on. I mean, I'm fine with him being a super sub, but hopefully it's not the same role where it's like 87th minute and later, you know? No, but for yeah. sure. I think he needs more minutes than that. <laughs> yeah, that, that Hoffenheim game is a good shot too. And maybe the, maybe there's some uh, JBG, maybe Ad, I'm sure Adiyemi gets some minutes. Maybe that's a good stretch for that Hoffenheim game is a good opportunity for him to get into to form. I, I feel like we might've had a Twitter. We didn't really get in Twitter questions. I think there was a question about Adiyemi and, like I think his his thing just real quickly it's like he's kind of down on confidence confidence and hopefully that's a game where he can pick it up because like he did so much at the end of last season and we like we need that especially talking about we need wide players like we need him to get into form like yeah Brant's playing wide now and and doing a great job but just because one one person is slotted in, into that position doesn't mean we like we're okay to not have Adiyemi performing like hopefully he can start cracking in some goals and really build his confidence because we. We need him, especially talking about the the depth situation. So Brian had uh, the pleasure of having an interview with former goalkeeper of Dortmund, Borussia Dortmund, Roman Weidenfeller. Um, Brian, would you like to tell the people a bit about that, which you can find obviously on his page. You can find on the BBB Buzz site as well. Uh, it's a great read and to hear um, some thoughts from the former goalkeeper. But yeah, I'll let you take it away. Yeah, it was a really good conversation uh, that we had on a rainy day uh, in New York City um, and in the middle of Times Square. Um, we kind of touched on a variety of topics, obviously, you know, because he was there both for um, the co-sponsored event with Crunchyroll. Um, uh, that, that was like a little tournament that, that Dortmund was throwing. I think this was their second iteration of, of throwing this tournament in Times Square. Um and for the watch party for for the Union Berlin game, so we, we we touched on the game because he watched the game with with the fan club and everyone else that was there at a Pele soccer shop. Um, so we talked about the game. I mean, obviously he was very happy with the scoreline. He was he was definitely impressed with uh, full crew's performance. Uh, we touched on uh, you know Gregor Kobel signing his his new contract. Um, so that was uh, definitely something that I really wanted to talk to him about, particularly because. Um, and it's funny because during the interview, I say a few years ago, you said this, he said this early, uh, earlier this year. So that was my nerves getting the be- better of me, obviously, um, starstruck, shall we say. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, I asked him about his comments about Colwell saying that he was one of Dortmund's most important signings in the last few years, you know, becoming part of that, that, that spine moving forward. And he definitely sees Colwell as, as the future of Borussia Dortmund, and, and that makes sense. I mean, he's, he's signed a contract until 2028, no release clause. Big uh, up Greg for, for being committed, you know. We'd love to see it. We'd love to see it. Um, and I asked him a little bit about, um, or I tried to ask him rather about, uh, Edin Terzic's tactics in comparison to the managers that he's worked with. Obviously he was a, a little bit, you know, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess very, like I, the response was what you would expect, you know, it was very much, you know, we shouldn't be talking about the tactics. We should talk about the results. And to be fair, that, that's kind of been proven with what, with what Dortmund's been doing the last few weeks. So it totally makes sense where he was coming from with that. Um, and we did also tr- uh, we did also talk a little bit about um, you know young players that we should be looking out for. Um, he was definitely impressed with uh, the players that um, or the game that he saw uh, with uh, Dortmund's uh, youth team that played AC Milan um, and their youth team in the UEFA Youth League. So he was saying you know the future is bright there. But he definitely highlighted uh, Jamie Bino Gittens as one to watch as well this season for for more of a breakout. We've seen hints of you know uh, you know JBG doing well. Um, but on, on the flip side, we definitely want to see more from him. And once again, he's still young, so he has his time to develop. Um, but he highlighted him as, as a player we should definitely watch this season. And I do think that moving forward, you know, JVG will have uh, the opportunities out on the wing to really uh, perform better for Dortmund and really be uh, a clinical player off the bench. Um, I mean, Carver, going back to the point you made earlier, we, we need more wide players. So we have already made one right there that we should be giving minutes. So... Um, yeah, overall, you know, big shout out to, to Roman uh, for the interview. He was a super cool guy, super easy to talk to. Um, and yeah, it was a pleasure. Hopefully we can do it again. Uh, yeah, I saw the uh, one part I thought was pretty interesting, too, is him talking about the um, the slip up against Mainz last year. And he said the team has grown and, and learned since then, which is good. I hope, you know, hopefully the uh, it's not exclusive to him having that feeling. And everyone is just looking forward to trying to actually go across the line next time and, and achieve what we've been craving for 12 years, if I'm not wrong. Um, it's going to be 12 now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, great piece. Again, highly encourage the read. Um, that's awesome that you got to talk to him, and I appreciate you talking about it on the show, too. I, I know you. it's not old now. It's only about a week and a half, but still, I just um, appreciate you talking about it. It was a good read. Yeah, of course. More than a thank week you, ago, you. man. That's so old. <laughs> old news, right? I ain't reading that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Brian, we really appreciate you coming on the show and hanging with us. Uh, we ask every time, but if you want to give some plugs to, again, all your your writings, you talked about the preview uh, article you have coming, any other stuff you have planned or anything? Yeah, so um, starting off with the Twitter, I mean, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Brian underscore Straub 94. Um, and obviously at, at Dortmund Dispatch uh, now, considering we're doing uh, episodes there. So it's going to be uh, Dortmund ends with an N and then Dispatch. So to, we had to fit it into the, 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 the naming scheme of Twitter. So we kind of had to, had to get creative there. Uh, but big shout out to our producer, Eli, for that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, we'll have new episodes of that uh, coming out every Wednesday. Um, I'm not on it every time, but yeah. Uh, still worth a listen. Obviously, every all, all of our writers are, are really good. So um, yeah, you should definitely check it out for for everyone's opinions. 
Um, on top of that, like you mentioned, yes, I do have that preview piece coming out in the next day or two. Um, and I do have uh, a piece coming out on uh, Frankfurt's uh, win against HJK Helsinki either tomorrow or the day after as well. So uh, if anyone's interested in reading up uh, on our opponents a little bit and uh, getting to know them a little bit better and, and how they've been performing, yeah, feel free to read that as well. Thank you for coming on as always, Brian. Great guest pleasure. and an even better person. Aw, <laughs> so sweet. It's always a pleasure with you guys. Happy to be here. Yeah, man. Always happy to have you. And uh, we appreciate, we really appreciate everyone listening, uh, tuning in each week. Uh, yeah, again, you need more Dortmund content, so check out Dortmund Dispatch also. And we will uh, be back next week. I don't know what, we're going to maybe have to finagle some weird schedule with all the matches coming up, but we'll we'll get it done. So just keep an eye Sleepless on- Sleepless nights ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. Just keep an eye on our socials. Uh, you can find our stuff. You can find Brian and everything uh, linked in the description of this episode. And we'll see you guys later. Bye. Later.